0: ladies and gentlemen boys and girls welcome to the save the kids podcast it's your one-stop shop for raising kids in this tech-heavy world we bring on professionals and experts to give you all the tools you need to help your kids become fire-breathing warriors that have the strength to break out of the mold society has put them in at the end of the day we're all here for one reason to help save some kids i'm your host nate webb let's get to it Bye. Okay. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Save the Kids podcast. It's your host Nate Webb, live in the studio, Salt Lake City area, and we got a show for you today. A lot of us recognize that there is a screen dependency issue going on right now amongst families, and many of you may be wondering how on earth can we reel it back in and take control back. Well, I got here with us someone who knows a thing or two about that. So, everybody, meet Molly DeFrank. Molly is a mom to six kids and author of the Digital Detox: A Two Week Tech Reset for Kids. She helps families free themselves from from, from device addiction. So welcome, Molly, to the show. Thanks for being here today. Thanks so much for having me. So tell us a little bit about your story. How did you end up in this space?
1: Yeah. So I am a mom to six kids. Six? Uh, do you live in Utah? Yeah. <laughs> no, you would think that I did, but no, I live in Central California. Um, so yeah, we do, we have four biological kids and then two more through foster care and adoption. Oh, nice. Um, yeah, it's it's fun and noisy and messy and all of the things. What's the age range between all of them? Six to almost fourteen. Woo. Woo. I know. That's I know. Fun. We're in it. We're in it, man. Um, but you know, a couple of years ago, like a lot of parents raising kids in the like 20 teens, basically, mm-hmm. 2020s. Mm-hmm. Um, I really bought into that marketing early on in my parenting journey where the iPad came out in two thousand eleven. And it was really marketed to parents like, oh, if you want to raise little rocket scientists, why don't you get them this technology early and often? And so I'm like, yes, let me get my kids all this stuff. And I started noticing over the years getting these nudges like, I don't know if the marketing is delivering on the promise here. It's more like little tiny preschool zombies all over the (laughs) time. Like when the screen timer dings, it was very unpleasant. So finally it took me years. And one day I came, this was probably four or five years ago. I came home from running errands and one of my kids greeted me at the door. He was six, not with hi mom, but with, can I play on your phone? Oh my gosh. And I'm like,
0: dude, Uh...
1: are you for real? So that was like the final straw for me. And I called my husband at work. I'm like, Hey, so I think we just need to unplug all their stuff. He's like, dude, I'm in if you're in because he's, he was at the office all day. And I was the one I was homeschooling two of the kids. We had two, three-year-olds, a new foster kid. It wasn't like objectively, it was bad timing, you know? Right. Um, But we just needed to change course. And um, the reason why we went cold Turkey, that's what we did. We told the kids that night at dinner, we're like, guys, we're taking a break from all this stuff. And the reason why we had to go that dramatic is because Mm -hmm. I did what a lot of parents do, which is I was trying to adjust the minutes. I'd say like, okay, then you lose 10 minutes. Okay. You get it back. And we were still seeing the behavioral stuff. We were still seeing our sweet kids, not that sweet. So it wasn't until we pulled the plug completely. It was like flipping a switch. I got my sweet, happy kids back. It was night and day difference. It changed our lives,
0: man. And then, and then where along the road did you write this book?
1: Well, I realized I posted about it online. I'm like, okay, I took all my kids' stuff away, and they're like different people. They're sweeter. They get along better. They play together. And people were really interested in this. They're like, what? Like, tell how did you do this? Did the kids revolt? Did they stage a coup? Did they pick it? You know, what is going on? Like, how does this work? So I started helping people online. I'm like, you can do this. It's actually really simple. And then I'm like, man, I. I think there were like several hundred people like overnight. say, so like, help me. I'm like, okay. So I wrote a book and I, um, I asked a couple of publishers, like, do you, are you interested in this? And they're like, yes. So I've helped thousands of families do this, um, through the book. And, um, it's been really great. What's crazy to me is that before parents, before families take on the detox, mm-hmm. they're they're really hesitant, which I understand completely, but they're like, I don't know if it's going to work for me. I don't know if the results are going to be the same. And without exception, every family who's done the detox, who's read the book, done the detox, and then gotten back to me about it, they have like rave reviews. This changed our lives. I wish we did this sooner. I mean, it's incredible how quickly it works, how universal the results are.
0: And so what is the detox? What does that entail?
1: Yeah. So every successful detox that I've helped families through have four things in common. And you can remember it like this. Um, you're going to undo the tech trance. So undo is an acronym. Okay. Okay. So you're going to unplug cold turkey two weeks. Okay. It's got to be cold turkey. Here's what I didn't know. And this is what I put in the book. Everything I wish I knew before I just dove headfirst into this detox on like experimenting on my own kids. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that there was a scientific reason why the detox works so quickly. And it's because you're actually resetting the dopamine levels in your kids' brains. Right. So the devices that they have, the the tablets, the the games, they're purposefully engineered to jack up the dopamine in their brains. And when you give them a break, you're resetting those levels. So the reason why if you're listening and you're like, yeah, my kids, they're just not interested in playing something that doesn't, involve a screen um it's because the dopamine release they get from real life just can't compete with the amount of dopamine that that is being released in your kids brains because brilliant engineers have planned it that way yes
0: they have they have psychologists that that are intentionally trying to keep the attention of your children um with children engineered devices um now i will say cold turkey can be very scary and hard especially when they might be addicted in the same nature that a drug addict is addicted to that you know the withdrawal symptoms that could be physically dangerous. Um, but so over the course of the two weeks what do you do when like the tantrums hit and like how do you talk through those and like talk us tell us about that.
1: Yeah, that's really important. And and honestly, the fear of what you just described, those tantrums, is what holds most families back. Right. Because they're thinking, well, no, I've seen my kid after the screen timer takes. So mm-hmm. I don't want to sign up for two weeks of that like right. mayhem. So the good news is that it doesn't look like that. So some families report results immediately like, oh, yeah, they're doing great. That's kind of what we experience. Other families say there are a couple days that are kind of rough. You know, it's it's kind of like potty training when your kids are little and you do the, the first couple days are a disaster and it's a mess. And you're like, they're never going to get it. And then something clicks. So let me just say that if you're planning to just take all the devices and put them in a box and just not get involved, you're probably setting yourself up for failure. But yes. <laughs> it still requires less work than parents think it's going to. Right. What you're actually trying to do is you're, you're, and this is the end part of the undo of the detox okay. um, is you're going to notice your kids like never before. This is the best mm. part. You're observing your kids and you're saying, okay, let's identify some talents some interests, some areas where they need some work, if they can't wait in line at a fast food restaurant or they can't wait at the doctor's office without requiring to be entertained, like that's something that parents need to help our kids develop that, you know, boredom negotiation skills. So we're kind of meeting them where they're at and then observing and then feeding it. So if you notice, for example, um, you've got a kid who's interested in, I don't know, um, trains, like let's say a little kid. Right. You can go to the go to the library and grab some books about trains, like kids' books and mm-hmm. and just feed those interests. Um, oh, yeah. you know, there's so many ways that we can feed our kid kids' interests depending on how they're wired. Um it's just that, and honestly, we're living in a time where there's there are more options for our kids to play and entertain themselves than any other time in history. Oh, yeah. So the problem isn't lack of options. The problem is no. their lack of interest,
0: yeah yeah i I have a five year old a three year old and a nine month old. Okay. um, and we're able to go on five hour car rides to go visit family without any screens or or playing shows or anything. I'm not saying those things are bad, but my kids are able to entertain themselves without having to resort to that. Do we let Daniel Tiger do more parenting less some days? Yes, we do. Um, but that being said, if you're finding yourself in a place where screens have taken over, You might be in a spot where you need to cut them out completely and then slowly in the psychology world, we call it steps of approximation, slowly by steps of approximation, reincorporate them back in as your kids learn these skills, as they're able to use them and not be used by them. That is a big thing. We do not want to be slaves to our technology unless you're going Amish. They're not. It's not going anywhere. Technology is here to stay, but it does not have to control your life. And so what were the biggest changes you noticed within your own kids as they did this detox?
1: Yeah. So my three oldest kids um, their favorite hobbies before our detox, they would just each name a different video game. And I didn't really see the problem with that at the time. I thought, well, that's just how kids play these days. I liked video games too growing up, but after the detox, their favorite hobbies, they, they would cite something different. One of my kids would say cooking. Another one would say football. Another Mm -hmm. one would say soccer and real life stuff real life things and i knew they liked those things but i didn't know that that could be their primary source of entertainment and it's actually beneficial right. to them so that was the that was a huge thing another thing was um they they play longer independently and cooperatively so yeah. that's the other thing i want to encourage parents with is you think oh now i have to be like a camp counselor entertaining my kids around the clock no not at all What you're actually doing is you're giving your kids an opportunity to learn how to negotiate their boredom, to learn how to initiate interaction with siblings and neighbors and friends, and then go and and play. And this is what our kids are wired to do. This is how they grow and learn. They're actually learning when they take risks in the backyard or jumping off swing sets or all these things. This is a part of development for our kids. They're
0: conducting little experiments. They're learning
1: exactly. So that was the really great thing I saw in my kids. And to to be honest with you, you know, I don't want parents to hear this and think like, "Oh, that's going to work for your kids, not for mine." Y'all, we've we've seen a lot in the trenches here. <laughs> I mentioned we got six kids we fostered, teenagers um who have come and gone in our home. We've parented from honor roll to phone calls from the principal to fresh out of juvenile hall. So I am telling you if you are willing to roll up your sleeves and get in there and change the status quo in your home, you will not regret it. I think it's the most important thing that you have to get right parenting kids today and you can do it.
0: Yeah. I think what a, what a lot of parents are I don't, turned off by, or maybe not, maybe turned off, but the the involvement that is required to be able to make this work. You mean I'm going to have to get off of my own phone? I mean, I'm going to have to, like, stop Insta-scrolling and taking photos of every video and, I mean, of every food thing you eat. It, the reason your kids are so dependent on this stuff is because you are so dependent on this stuff. Like, can you go poop without your phone, dads? Okay, the answer is no. We cannot. It is so hard. We we go in there and we realize we don't have our phone and we will force stoppage before we, anyway, yes, we cannot, <laughs> it got graphic. Anyway, um seriously, can you go in the bathroom without your phone, grown-ups? We need to start the habits. We need to be the example. And so when doing that detox, yeah, you're going to notice your kids because you're not going to be on your phone as much. Now, when we are on our phones, I think it's important that we are dictating what we're doing in front of our kids. When we're on our phones, so like, we're not just like, because they don't see emails, they don't see us reading our scriptures or whatever the heck we're doing. They just see the phone. And so, parents, are, if you are on your phone in front of your kids, tell them why, so that they're not just like, "Oh, we can just sit and be on our phones all day." No, 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 no. All right. So, all right. Undo. Remind me what the U is. Undo. Uh,
1: unplug uh, cold turkey two weeks.
0: Unplug for cold, 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 cold turkey for two weeks. Okay. Yep. And notice your kids like never before. Yep. D
1: D is develop a list of screen-free fun ideas. So that kind of goes to what you were just talking about. And this is actually really fun. Shortly after you break the news to your kids, hey guys, we're taking a break from the devices. You're not in trouble. We're just trying something new. We've read some research, get the book. There's lots of good research in there. Um, You know, what it's doing to your brains. And we just want to get this thing right. It's important. We're not taking Uh it away forever. Okay, let's sit down. Let's make a list. What do we want to do the next two weeks when screens are off the table? Now, they're probably going to be bummed out. So it's your job as mom or dad to bring a good attitude, to bring some delicious snacks, you know, lay out a blanket and make it fun. Make a list. The purpose of doing this is really twofold. Number one, you plop that list on the fridge. You need to take a work call. You're three days in. You're stressed out. Your kids are like, I'm bored. I don't have anything to do. I'm annoyed. (laughs) You can say, you know, you're going to be tempted to cave. You're like, just get the iPad and just leave me alone, you know? Um, right. don't do that. So you're going to no. point to the list and you're say, you're going to say, we already thought of these things, pick something out, choose something new. Or if you still say you're bored, I have plenty of laundry that needs folding. Okay, ah. So will, you've got to, they,
0: they will find something real fast. I
1: promise they will. Um, <laughs> okay. So, but really, honestly, the more important reason to make that list is you're helping show your kids that they have everything they need inside their mind to troubleshoot boredom, to think of what are you going to do? Do you have any goals? Like even silly little goals. Like, do you want to learn how to do a cartwheel right. on the other side? Like, what do you want to do? Do you want to meet the neighbor kid? You've always wanted to play soccer You, you don't, with him on the back lawn. You haven't done it. You know, is there anything you want to do? You want to reorganize your desk? I don't know. Teenage girls might be into that, but <laughs> just give your kids some ideas. You can mm-hmm. even monetize some of the chore things. they like, oh yeah, here's some ideas. If you want to earn five bucks, you could do this, but let them pick. So some families say that they don't even use the list at all. It, it was just enough for their kids to kind of think through and see, well, right. gosh, we do have a ton of options.
0: Right. And let me tell you guys, when your kids just go off on, you, 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 especially little, little kids, like I'm talking like five to eight or nine year olds, yeah, their full-time job is to play. Yeah, That is their full-time job. Don't get in the way of that job. Um, When my, like I'm downstairs with my five-year-old and my three-year-old when their imagination play goes to work, oh, dad! Dad just sits on the couch and watches. Okay, dad does not get in the way of that. I get involved if they're like, "Dad, do this." I'm like, "Okay, well, I'm watching. This is fun." Literally, like, I watched them like save the entirety of New York from the Green Goblin and Doc Ock because they watch like Spidey and his amazing friends every now and then, like, after nap times and stuff. But, like, they go off for hours. Guys, hours. They entertain themselves so easily. And you're not even playing referee hardly. You're just there making sure, like, Spidey does not actually jump from a two-story building. Um, Like, just making sure they don't get hurt. Um, But really, though, like, it's not near as, as, I don't know, scary as you might imagine seeing your kids just be bored doing things that don't involve a screen.
1: You're absolutely right. And, uh, you know, when you talk to parents today and they're stressed out and they're frustrated and they think it's so hard, one of the big reasons is that we have kind of – we're showing our kids that their role is to be entertained and our job is to keep them entertained. Yep. Yep. Which um, is case. No, it's not. You know, there are so many things. and There are so many things that we're depriving our kids of if we're constantly entertaining them. You know, they yeah. don't have any – reason to go off and play so right. um yeah exactly what you said i completely yeah. agree and
0: so if they come up to you said mom dad i'm bored I'm like, all right well go outside <laughs> go yeah you, you got you got plenty of crap uh you know then that's again where you can point at the list and exactly like, hey, look at this list we made which of these things looks fun to you right now well none of them, I don't mm-hmm. them. And, okay go outside See what happens. Just go outside. Yeah. See what happens. They go outside. They whine for a minute. They kick around some rocks. Ooh, rocks. They start playing with the rocks. Then they start building with the rocks. Then so they start digging. They start getting dirty. Who cares? They are having fun. They are exploring. And they're children. Oh, I love this so much. It's so great. So, all right. So the D is develop a list of screen-free activities. And what's the O?
1: The O is open the books. You can make a bookworm out of any child. And I promise you this, I didn't believe that before our detox, I thought, oh no, like I have a kid who likes to read and I have a kid who doesn't like to read and it's just some like it and some don't. No, that's actually not a thing. The issue is trying to be matchmaker and help your kids find that genre so that they can enjoy reading. Um, And I can give you an example, Um, you know, so one of my kids during our detox, just, wasn't interested in books. Well, I worked a little harder. And because those dopamine levels were back to normal real life, I actually had an opportunity to introduce him to new books. I tried fantasy. I tried early chapter. He was eight or nine at the time. Mm-hmm. And he just wasn't into it. wasn't hanging. And then I realized, you know what? This kid, his attention span isn't quite there. So I found some fact books like nonfiction, National Geographic. They have them at the library yep. and the kid's nonfiction. He ate them up. He would spew out facts, this kid. He loved them, found joke books. So if you've got kids with like ADHD or short attention spans, Mm -hmm. try, try books where they don't have to work as long and as hard before they get that little payoff. So joke books are perfect because they have to read like two lines and they're entertained. Okay. And then you're building up their stamina, helping it grow and increase so that they can enjoy. I had another, one of my younger sons, um, he enjoyed playing soccer, as I mentioned. And so I grabbed him some nonfiction soccer kids books at the library. And after one of his soccer games, he was like, mom, or I told him, I'm like, that move was super cool. You did like, what was that? He's like, mom, I learned that move from that book. You got me from the library about soccer. I'm like, what? That's awesome. (laughs) That is read alouds. Yeah. And read alouds are another great tool. Look, I'm not talking this isn't just for like homeschool families, no. Little House on the Prairie families. I promise you any kid, no matter how old, can enjoy read aloud time. And if you think that they're not, they're going to think it's lame or whatever, then plan it for after bedtime. Say, hey, it's bedtime, but I'm doing a bonus 15 minute read aloud down here. So you can go to bed or you can hang here quietly for this. Who any kids who want to like right. enjoy that. So it's just bonus time for them.
0: And I will say, okay, the, the read along. So at our library, um, they're called Wonder Books, and we love our Wonder Books because they're based they're they're self-narrated. You turn them on, and then you push play, and then they're self-narrated. So a, a person who pre-recorded reads the book, and I have a five-year-old doesn't know how to read. He recognizes some letters and doesn't know how to read, but he knows how to follow along with a Wonder Book, and so that is big saving grace. When we had our most recent child nine months ago, and we were both dead and just all the newborn stuff and our kids were like, ah, oh, I want to do something. We're like, Hey, do you want to read a book? Yeah, let's read a book. Okay. I need to go put the baby to sleep, but push play and they read They're reading books. And it was such a saving grace, but also developmentally it helps my two year old know the mechanics of a book. When to turn the page going left to right, like the mechanics of a book and, kind of like pre-teaching them how to read before they know how to read. And I don't even know if you can buy wonder books. We tried and we did not find a place to buy them, but they are so wonderful. But there are, there are books like that, self-narrated stuff like that, but reading out loud, actually fun fact. So I'm a high school counselor as a profession and um, there's been multiple studies with kids who had like very, very high achieving college entrance exams. Um, and so they tried to look among the common denominators amongst all those kids who had really, really high, you know, ACTs, SATs and stuff got into prestigious colleges because of these entrance exams and the singular common denominator against with all these kids, mom and dad read to books to them out loud. That's it. It was not some crazy pretest or something that they did. The only common denominator was mom and dad read books to them out loud. Don't underestimate the power of books, guys. It is crazy.
1: Absolutely incredible. And, you know, to add to that, there was a book that I read a couple years ago called 30 Million Words. And now there's a project named after this. Um, it's a cochlear implant surgeon who had assumed that as soon as she turned on the implant for these kids and now they could hear, that it would just mean that they would soar um, in mm-hmm. school and all these things. Well, she was surprised to find out that that wasn't necessarily so clear-cut. It wasn't a clear-cut cause and effect. She would have two kids that their hearing was reinstated at the same age, and one would soar, and one would not do well at all. And so they studied it over a long term, and they found out that they actually would say the achievement gap is um, mostly due to the number of words that a child hears from their primary caregiver between the ages of zero to three. Really? So- they and they say that the gap between kids who make it and do great and kids who fall below that line and just can't really recover is a 30 million word gap. Wow. So this is why and you're talking about having a 9-month-old and being exhausted. This is why and those those audiobooks too. Um you know, it's such a powerful thing we can do when I'm fried as a mom and your kids are little and you're fried, you sometimes can't you know, access the parts of your brain needed to say something profound or have a good conversation, but you can right. pick up a book and read it out loud. And that will change your kids' lives. Um, right. It's just, we could talk, about, I could talk about reading aloud all day. It's so powerful. It increases our kids' ability to delay gratification, So which important. Is, it's so just important. incredible. Yeah.
0: Yeah. No, reading is amazing. And I will say, I have noticed <laughs> since you know like social media and just online business has become more part of my job that my attention span has been suffering because of it and like adults we're not immune to this you could have been a bookworm back when you were a kid back when you were an early college person back when you were an early parent but with how much we are consuming things on our screens you'd be surprised at how hard it might be for you to sit down and read in a book for hours and hours to start, at least because because of the habits that you formed, and so I invite everybody give this a shot. um The book, uh, the digital detox, the two week tech reset for kids is linked in the podcast description. Go check it out. Go give it a shot, and we will unplug cold turkey for two weeks. We will notice our kids like we've never noticed them before. We will develop a list of screen free activities, and then we will develop bookworms or something like that. Yeah. Um there we go. But yeah, undo, undo the tech trance, man. This has been so fun. Molly, how can people see what you are up to, shameless plug time?
1: Yeah. <laughs> you can come find me on my website mollydfrank.com. Um you can I'm on Instagram, so you can check me out there. I like to share tips, I like to share book recommendations for you and for your kids. Um yeah, come follow along.
0: Yep. And all that will be in the podcast description. So please go check her out and thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the Save the Kids podcast. If you'd like Save the Kids to comes to speak at your community, please fill out a speaker bio linked in the podcast description below. Always remember, you are wonderful. You are worthy. You are worth it. Go home and give your kids an eight second hug and we'll see you on the next one.